0: Hello. Hello. I think this week is going to be another short week because I'm traveling, but I wanted to share this clip, which I really enjoyed recently from the My First Million podcast, probably like the six or seven times they've been featured here um, about fierce nerds, a really interesting concept. I'll give a little commentary at the end as well.
1: Can we talk about Dharmesh? Because I have a, a lot of interesting things to talk about because I get to hang out with him. Can you talk about what, what you all did?
0: Yeah, I think we both
2: basically hung out with Dharmesh. So Darmesh is the founder of HubSpot. HubSpot is the company that bought your company. He's a billionaire. He's been there for, I don't even know how many years, 15 plus years now. The, the beginning. So yeah. kind of epic founder, built a, I don't know, $20 billion company or something like that. Awesome guy, really fun guy to hang out with. He listens to the pod. So he's kind of like like-minded and kind of knows our personalities, but we had never hung out in person, neither had you. So I think You hung out with him at the conference. And then like a few days later, I grabbed lunch with him because he flew to San Francisco. Give me your kind of initial take.
1: So he's lovely. Like he's a sweetheart of a person. He's easy to talk to. Like he's incredibly like he seems emotionally well balanced and like knows what he what he is and what he isn't. So a lovely hang. And then the second thing, and I mean this with love and I mean this as a compliment. He is so odd. He has done so many unique things in his life that you wouldn't even know. Like, he's odd in that he's like quirky, but he's also incredibly eclectic. So, he's done so many interesting things. And when he tells you the stories about his interesting things, you realize, oh, you're like a lovely guy to be around and you have my back and we're friends, but you are, you're kind of a shark. You win. (laughs) You win at everything you do and you spot opportunities. For example, he just, Casually throws out these things, and he's done this to me like eight times. So I found out that when he was in his 20s, he was like, You know, I almost didn't even. And this reminds me of you. He goes, I almost didn't even want to start tech companies because I was going to become a professional poker player. I was like, What? He goes, Yeah, basically, like me and my brother, we were up like you know, mid to high six figures over our career, our short career of blackjack because we learned how to play blackjack and we learned how to do well. And also we speak a language that isn't very common. I actually don't know what language it is, it is, but a language where in India, they don't even speak it that that much. And he's like, we could talk at like the tables and like discuss strategy and no one would even know. And we just would win. We, I, I, I'm up and I know how to do it the, the right way. And I almost became a professional poker player. And so he like has like all these little weird things that he'll tell stories about. And I'm like, oh, you're, you're a killer. And you're also so unique.
2: Yeah, have you ever read that Paul Graham blog post called Fierce Nerds? No, what is it? It's an amazing post. I'm going to read you a couple pieces of it, but it's one of those like Paul Graham, I think is somebody said this earlier. They go, what's that guy? Andrew Tate. They sent some tweet that was really funny. was Paul Graham was my Andrew Tate growing up, which is like (laughs) so funny. So it's such a funny, it's such a deep cut joke. But if you get it, you're like, it just hits the spot. All right. So he wrote this post and he goes, most people think of nerds as quiet, you know, sort of like diffident people, right? Just sort of like, you know, passive. And in most social situations, they are. They're they're quiet and, you know, they're not the star quarterback in the middle of the gym, right? They're kind of a fish out of water in a bunch of different things. He goes, but this is an illusion because when on- that only happens when non-nerds observe them because they're observing them in non-nerdy situations. So you see a nerd at prom, you just see them as a quiet sort of passive nerd. There's no alpha in them. But in fact, some nerds are quite fierce. Fierce nerds are a small but interesting group. They are extremely competitive, more competitive, I would say, than competitive non-nerds because the competition is more personal to them, partly because they're not emotionally mature (laughs) and they, they distance themselves from it, but also because there's less randomness in the types of competition that they engage in. Therefore, they're justified in making it more personal. So this is like fierce nerds who get really into chess or a game that is less luck based, more skill based. This often happens with gaming or programming competitions or math competitions or spelling bees where it's way less about luck, way more about skill.
1: Dharmesh told me a story. He was like, when I was in grade school or high school, like I got in trouble because I just like didn't go to school or like something like that. And I was like, why? He goes, well... I had never seen a ping pong table, and they had one of those in the dorm. And I, right when I saw it, I decided I'm going to be the best at this. And so I dedicated my high school years (laughs) to being the best ping pong player. Really? Yes.
2: That's amazing. I love how you get these gems out of people. Like, what question do you ask that gets that answer?
1: Like, I'll just say, like, wow, you're, like, really unique. Why are you so different? No, no.
2: How did you really say it? Wow, you're so freaking weird, like, man. I,
1: yeah, I would Did say. Did you do weird a, stuff
2: your whole life? I was like, you're a weirdo. I'm like, I, I'm you're kind, a kind not-
1: of a weirdo. I'll say like, I'm kind of a weirdo too, but you're like extreme weird. Like, what were you like in high school?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's 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 the Sam Park question. I, I needed to get that out of you. That, those are great. Okay, yeah, yeah. Here's some other things about about Fierce Nerds. One, they're independent minded. They're willing to basically stand on what they believe, even though it is socially awkward. You know, in school, this becomes kind of a liability for them. But as soon as they graduate, they go into kind of the like professional world. It becomes an extreme asset for them. They're also impatient. They're annoyed by rules rather than being just like, you know, unaware of them or passively following them. And he goes, I'm not, he goes, I'm not, I'm not sure why fierce nerds are impatient, but they, mo- most of them seem to be. You'll notice at first in conversation, they tend to interrupt you. At first, it's merely annoying, but the more promising fierce nerds, it's connected to a deeper impatience about solving the problem. They have this competitiveness and impatience, right? So those are two of the, like, characteristics. And he goes, when you combine these qualities in sufficient quantity, the result is quite formidable and then he gives some examples. He goes, seven of the eight richest people in the world right now on or in America right now are fierce nerds, right? So you have like Zuckerberg, Bill Gates, Elon Musk. Like you have these like these types of Jeff Bezos, these types of folks. But also he says intelligence is you know part of the thing, but fierce nerds are not they're not winners because they're the smartest of the nerds. In fact, they're usually only moderately intelligent compared to other nerds, but they are way more competitive and impatient than than the average nerd. And this is the difference between basically like who becomes a professor and who becomes like a founder or a great investor or something like this. And then he goes, the idea of a fierce nerd is not a common one. So a lot of you might be reading this and might realize, hmm, that's me. And he goes, and now, and I love this writing, he goes, and it is to you, young fierce nerd that I now turn. And he goes, and he starts talking directly to the fierce nerd. He goes, he goes, I got good good news and bad news. The good news is your fierceness is going to help you solve difficult problems you know, scientific, technical problems, blah, blah, blah. You can get rich in business. In greed, it is great for, you know, survival to be a fierce nerd. He goes, the bad news is that if not exercise, your fierceness will turn into bitterness and you'll become an intellectual playground bully, a grumpy sysadmin, the forum troll, the hater and the shooter down of new ideas. He goes, how do you avoid this fate? And by the way, he created Hacker News. So I think he runs into a lot of fierce nerds on Hacker News. He goes, how do you avoid this fate? Work on ambitious projects because if you succeed, it brings you the kind of satisfaction that will neutralize your bitterness. You don't have to succeed to feel, that, feel this. Merely working on hard projects give, gives most fierce nerds a sense of satisfaction. And even if you don't succeed, it'll keep you busy so you're not so bitter. <laughs> I thought this is an amazing blog post. Like one of his uh, best. I sent literally, I read this, I sent it to Emmett at Twitch. I was like, hey, it's you. Like, this is you. This is what I would describe you as, like a fierce nerd, and he went through Y Combinator. So, you know, he's like, you know, the archetype for it.
1: So you just pulled this up, by the way, without having any preparation, and you did a really good job, by the way, of like reading that. I was like enthralled. But dude, Paul Graham's a great writer. I love, I- I'm going to go back and reread that. Okay. And I interrupted you to, I interrupted the interruption. So you met with Darmesh, and you said, to be honest, he was a nice guy. I forget what you said.
2: So, so he's a fierce nerd. That's the first thing. And I think you pulled out some good stories, the ping pong story, the poker story. I, this is classic fierce nerd hallmarks, right? All green flags. The second part was super nice guy and our lunch was totally fine, but it's, he's this type of person. I actually, there's a bunch of people like this. I might be like this where you're almost better to talk to online. It's like, you spent more time talking to people online that your online social skill is better than your in-person social skill. I felt this myself because right, I left the house for the first time in many, you know, many days to go do a social hangout. Like you know, he even texted, he was like, you know, totally understand, by the way, if you don't want to come, I'm like you, I don't like to leave the house and, you know, I'm protective of my time. And I was like, no, 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 I want to do this. I'll, I'll drive an hour. Let's do this. I felt rusty and I could feel almost that he was a little rusty or like, but differently, not rusty necessarily, but the, his main comfort zone, right? His pocket, his cockpit as a pilot is sitting at his desk in front of a computer and I know a bunch of people like this i have this guy we used to work with jake if you met him he's as quiet as a mouse in slack he's like the class clown and i was like what who is this guy that's you dude you're like the most soft spoken like you know that foot pedal on a piano that makes all the keys like muted he's like that for real life like somebody needs to like take the foot (laughs) off the foot pedal for him and but then you get him in slack and the guy's like you know the number one troll willing to cut the edgy jokes And I was like, I can't believe this is the same guy. And it's like, he was 21 years old. And he basically grew up in Malaysia. His only like English social interactions were online in like in chat rooms, games, discord, that sort of thing. And so, you know, that's just his persona. And I've met so many people that are like this that I've now come to realize it's not something weird about them. It's actually a completely normal thing. And it's better to just figure out what's your, where are you the most you? Is it through text messaging? Is it on phone calls? Is it through written emails? Is it in person? Is it like long form in person? What is the version of you that's the most you? Like, what would you say it is for you?
1: Writing, like long form writing. I think that's what I prefer. Like these podcasts, like I usually have to lay down for like thirty minutes because I'm like I'm like dead after <laughs> after them. So no, m- I mean I'm okay at this, but like writing, I prefer. But listen to this. So I think Darmesh would actually agree do you, with like, you. You like
2: have to elevate your legs to.
1: To get the blood back to your brain. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, I'm so tired. I passed out. What happened? Uh, uh, Darmesh would probably agree with you, I, I would imagine. And but so listen to this. So they they asked you and me to like show up. So basically, I was supposed to speak at this event and they were like, hey, one of the main people had to cancel because something happened. Can you show up like in 12 hours the next morning and come and speak in front of 10,000 people? And I was like, I mean, I guess I could just like show up and riff in front of 10,000 people. But I, I don't prefer that. Does Darbesh want to like do a thing? And they're like, no, he hates public speaking. I'm like, just let me ask him. He'll do it. So he ended up do, doing it. But backstage, I asked him about that. And he was like, yeah, I don't. I hate public speaking. I'm not good at it. And I go, well, you just did a keynote earlier today. Why'd you do that? And he goes, I'll tell you why. Basically, for the six months or five months or whatever it was leading up to this event, I had this process where I read a bunch of comedy books and I realized that the laugh per minute was the most important thing for a talk. And so <laughs> what I did was I got first, I made a presentation, I got I, and I created a Zoom call and I got 10 HubSpot employees to do it. And I recorded the whole thing. Then I got 20 to come and then 50 to come and then a hundred to come. And what I did was I adapted each time and I built this Python, <laughs> I built this Python script. <laughs> that analyze the audio of the call to figure out what my laugh per minute was. And then each time I adapted it to get more laughs per minute. So for example, and he knew the exact numbers. He goes, I had 96 slides on this presentation and I had to click next 120 times. And I know on which laugh and on which word to hit next because I practiced it so much because I'm optimizing for <laughs> lap. My, he kept calling it the, the LPM.
2: Wow.
1: Uh, and what
2: and he, the hell this is amazing yes, it's amazing dude. For these types of stories
1: it's amazing <laughs> and he like he and i went back and watched his talk and he goes in fact so here's like another like side tangent have if you ever been to a big conference have you noticed whether it's ted talk or even steve jobs all the big conferences that have more than a thousand people, they all use the same slide clicker. Have you ever seen that clicker? It only has two buttons, a red, which means back and a right and and a green, which means next. So here's the secret. That clicker, it doesn't actually change the slide. It goes to a light, like a light that says red or green, and there's someone on the other end of the slide hitting left or right. Did you know that? No. <laughs> yeah. Why? So that's like, a. I, so it's so stupid because they do it because like the, pr- the presenters or the organizers will be like, well, in case you could screw up, someone's here and, and we'll do a better job. But it's not automated. Like it, the, this is how it's, it works at all big conferences. So it, it's like this is a clicker or whatever. We have to do a talk on it. Actually, they have a, they've completely monopolized it. So every single big conference has this. And, and I told him that he goes, dude, Trust me, I know. I've gotten in fights with these people for eight years because I built a device and a program to make it so that clicker could actually work directly with the computer because in order to optimize my LPM, I need the click to happen faster <laughs> than a human being can see the light and click next because I've, that's how I've set it up. And every once in a while, there'll be a slight delay, which decreases my LPM. And so this is how this guy looks at everything. And he, he told thinks me about that. his
2: LPM like you think about your T levels. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, He just like spends months optimizing his LPM. And this is just like when I hear stories like this, I think, A, you're unstoppable. Like this is why you're successful. And B, I love you. Like I, I, I just, you're my hero <laughs> and I, everything you're about, I'm into now. And I just, I love it, man. I love when these people are so extreme about shit. It's awesome.
0: So I've attached the original Paul Graham essay and the Hacker News responses on the show notes so you can check it out. Uh, What's interesting is people, I think, seem to respond a lot to the fierce part of fierce nerds. And uh, they seem to really be focusing on, you know, assholes that they've interacted with uh, in, in the past. And for sure, some of the fierce nerds examples that... Uh, the raise or, you know, that you might think of are assholes. Um, it's not to say I, th- I don't think it's necessary. I think you might be successful in spite of uh, the fierceness. And it's just something that uh, Paul Graham does say in the piece. Uh, but I think to me, I just view this as an encouragement to be fierce. Uh, sorry, to be a nerd, uh, first and foremost, to, to actually sort of apply an analytical mindset and, and sort of min-maxing mindset to whatever you, it is you're trying to do. But then also to be fierce about it, to, be, to actually be aggressive, uh, to not ask for permission, to um, try to be the best, give yourself permission to try to be the best, not try to be good enough. And I think that's valuable.